Welcome to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson. We've been bringing you lots of interviews from powerful politicians, business people, and nonprofit leaders over the last few days from last week's Mackinac Policy Conference. We've talked with them about many important issues right here in Michigan, from the new auto insurance law that's meant to bring down premiums, to our crumbling roads, to education. A little later in the show, we'll hear more from the conference, including interviews I did with State House Speaker Lee Chatfield and House Democratic Leader Christine Gregg. But first, we want to hear from you, starting with those huge changes to the way we handle auto insurance. Governor Gretchen Whitmer signed those changes into law last week on the porch of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island, a place which has no cars, mind you. She was surrounded by Republican and Democratic lawmakers alike, all smiling as they took a victory lap of epic proportions. It's an accomplishment that has eluded state leaders for years and years, and these new leaders struck a deal just a few months into their tenures. But it's not without controversy. Here to talk more about what it does is someone who knows this issue front and back. Uh, Chad Livengood is a reporter for Crane's Detroit Business, also a proud Michigander, I should say. Chad, (laughs) welcome. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, Gretchen Whitmer actually called you a Michiganian the other the other day. I thought I would try to correct the record here a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about this law. Um, starting with sort of what the problem was in the first place, you wrote a piece for Cranes back in October of 2017 about how Michigan's auto insurance rates became the highest in the nation in the first place. Uh, talk about how this new law tackles those specific issues that you uncovered in that piece, and sort of why we pay so much here. Yeah, well, we've kind of developed over time a, a really unchecked system that um, has no limits on what uh, hospitals and medical providers can charge for auto insurance. And it really doesn't even resemble the rest of our healthcare system, where we have a lot of cost controls and, and you know, basically government price fixing in Medicare and Medicaid built into law. And you have uh, uh, networks that Blue Cross Blue Shield or Aetna uh, or United Healthcare are set up with doctors so that they negotiate a certain rate so that, that the insurance company has some certainty about what their costs are going to be. And also the medical provider has some certainty about what they're going to get paid. And that doesn't exist in no fault. Basically, you have a system where um, Detroit Medical Center uh, treats an auto uh, accident victim they get an MRI uh, um, um, scan, and it, they charge. They send a bill for thirty-five hundred dollars, which is basically the maximum, um, you know, their charge master amount. And they send it to the insurance company, and then the insurance company looks at it, and then maybe they send an adjuster to figure out whether it's whether it's needed or whether it was it was necessary. Or and then they and then they may pay the full bill. They may send half payment. They may send a third. And basically, the message from the insurance company to the to the medical provider is, if you don't like this amount, sue us. Mm-hmm. And so then we have um, a lot of litigation. I've written about this extensively. Um, litigation has uh, gone up tenfold this century. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and in the and this is a law that was um, by by its own name, no fault, was supposed to um, eliminate the amount of litigation over. Over because it declared there was nobody, um, nobody at fault as far as um, as far as uh, covering your medical bills, 
in that uh, your insurance companies would cover pay the bills. And then if you if you have a really tragic accident and you and you you, you can go and sue the sue the driver or actually cause the accident uh, for uh, for um, pain and suffering uh, damages. That does not change under this law. What this law really goes after is these first party lawsuits um, where people are or their medical providers are suing the insurance companies um, and engaging this sort of protracted litigation um, over everything, basically. And what you had was a system, that, especially in southeast Michigan, that had kind of become so volatile um, that uh, the insurance companies would just basically not pay bills from certain doctors, certain um, uh, pain management clinics, um, and surgeons because they suspected they were being overcharged and and, there, and they suspected there was fraud involved basically that mm-hmm. it was overutilization so this this new law Senate bill one um, that the governor signed into law last week it really seeks to go after um, both creating um, a stable payment system um, and does put in put in, put in into place a fee schedule basically government price fixed um, uh, payments um, at a certain percentage of Medicare and it's it's a little complicated but it, mm. but for Detroit Medical Center for example they're going to get the highest rate at 250 percent of Medicare what they pay charge their Beaumont ho- uh, hospital is going to get 240 um, uh, percent um, and so uh, it, it, and it's going to vary a little bit the the um, hospitals from from less affluent areas like Detroit that, that serve a higher population of people People who are um, uh, utilizing um, or have who have a high higher rate of uh, people of people that with uncompensated care, they're going to get char- They're going to get paid a little bit more, and then the other medical providers are going to get paid a little bit less. So overall, uh, when it comes to the way that this law tries to tackle the issues and the reasons that our rates are so high. I mean, should people expect in a year uh, when this is taking effect to see their insurance rates go down? So the the law contains a mandatory eight year reductions in in the personal injury protection portion of your auto insurance, right? And that will vary widely about how what the impact is to the overall bill. If you have if you live in Okemos and you have a good driving record. And uh, you have a, um, uh, you know, a couple-year-old car that you still got full coverage on. The PIP portion of the bill is probably a third or even less of your right. actual insurance. The uh, higher cost is really tied up in co- comp and collision. If you live in Detroit and you have PLPD and you do not have a comp and collision, you have a 15-year-old uh, beater and you're just trying to insure it and and keep keep it keep it uh, you know uh, keep keep legal. Um, the majority of your of your um, insurance cost is in personal injury protection, and because of the high rate of claims, um, and and to some extent non-driving factors, but we don't really know um, how 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 much of an extent non-driving factors really drives up rates. But we do know that personal injury protection is a huge portion of it um, in, 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 in the city of Detroit. And with some carriers, it's it's 90 percent of the actual mandatory coverages. Wow. Um, so so re- uh, having a reduction in that is going to see some people with some some significant savings. So there's there's different there's basically an a la carte options here that you can you could uh, technically elect to, to, to continue having unlimited um, uh, medical benefits. 
We don't know what that's going to be priced at or what it's going to look like, but that's supposed to come with a 10% reduction in in the rates. And then there's a $500,000 plan that's supposed to come with a 20% reduction. Um, There's a $250,000 personal injury protection plan that comes with a 35% deduction. And then for certain recipients of Medicaid, they will be able to to get a um, to, to get a fifty thousand dollar plan of mm-hmm. personal injury protection at forty five percent, but it's a little complicated. I think this is going to take a lot of public uh, education because they to qualify that for that, you're going to have to live in a household with someone else with health insurance. Um, so kind of a fallback, basically, uh, if you have a, a spouse with health insurance, but you're on Medicaid, uh, or or your um, uh, grandma living with your daughter, um, and and you 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 are you're on Medicaid, but your daughter has private health insurance, that's where you're going to be able to opt out. It's a little mm. it's a little complicated, and then there will be just the general opt out, um, which in which if if someone has a qualified health insurance plan that covers auto accident injuries. They will be able to completely opt out of personal injury protection, and they'll get a hundred percent savings on that portion that, of their premium. That's interesting to me because I was the first question I had is how common is that for people to have uh, health plans that cover auto accidents in Michigan? Well, if you if you currently have a plan that's called a coordinated plan, then you that that where your um, personal health insurance, either private health insurance or, um, or or some other type of plan, maybe you work for the government. If it if it coordinates and it pays first in the in the in the case of accidents up to certain limits, then you do have um, some coverage. But a lot of people who work for uh, large employers, particularly private sector employers, um, they have self funded plans known as ERISA plans. They're federally regulated plans, and those plans almost always. Um, do not include uh, auto accident injuries, and I, mm-hmm. I highlighted this in a column a couple couple of months ago, because um, the biggest employer here in the city of Detroit, Quicken Loans, has one of those plans, and um, so it happens to be that Quicken Loans and its founder Dan Gilbert have been the uh, lead uh, um, advocates for this for this reform right. law. Uh, at the same time, they could have been for years saving their own employees some money on auto insurance if they were covering this cost. Their their argument is that that the law was so flimsy as far as the savings, there was no real guaranteed savings. And that's partly a, a, a reflection of the of the regulatory nature of of, of, of insurance in Michigan. Um, as one senator, uh, um, Jeff Irwin from Ann, from Ann Arbor, said, the Department of Insurance and Financial Services is basically invisible mm-hmm. uh, in Michigan when it comes to no fault. We are a, a state known as a file and use, where you get to file your insurance rates as an insurance company. And then you get to use them, mm-hmm. uh, and there's very little or- oversight. I've highlighted how the the Department of Insurance and Financial Services has one actuary um, to or to basically police the numbers behind a 18 billion dollar property and casualty insurance industry uh, in this state, uh, five or six billion of it, which of which is auto insurance. Um, I'm told they're going to probably hire a few more actuaries mm-hmm. under this new law because they're going to go to a file and approve system where they will have to file their rates and they'll have to get approval from this from the state insurance commissioner. So this is going to be a major change in the regulatory uh, and consumer protection nature of auto insurance um, when this law goes online um, or into effect uh, next July of 2020. Sure. This is Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We're talking about Michigan's new auto insurance law, this 
enormous and really uh, historic bill that was signed into law last week by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. We want to hear from you. What is your reaction to this new law in Michigan aimed at reducing auto insurance rates? Are you confident that it's actually going to drive down the cost of auto insurance on sort of a permanent basis? And what questions do you have about the impact of this law? The number, as always, is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 577-1019. And right now I'm speaking with Chad Livengood, a reporter with Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, He's been covering this issue. And uh, we're talking about exactly, again, what this impact will be. And Chad, you you talked about the Department of Insurance and Financial Services. Um, One of the big concerns about this law, especially among Democrats who dissented here, which was, uh, I believe, a minority of the caucus, but it was still very, um, you know, they were speaking out very loudly on this, people who oppose this, saying that um, when it comes to the issue of what they say is discrimination, non-driving factors in auto insurance rates, that, you know, this this law does address some of those things, but it still allows for this territorial rating, which, you know, these territories could be sm- as small as a census tract, which I believe is a, you know, on average about 4,000 people. Yeah. Um, and their concern was that this could actually mean, uh, in some ways, redlining could be even worse than it was before, as, as were some of the statements being made. I'm curious... Um, the response to that from the administration, from from uh, the Democratic uh, leader in the House, Christine Gregg, who we'll hear from later in the show, is we're really giving diffs a lot of teeth to go after that, that we are we're giving them a lot of regulatory power in the system. I'm curious what your reaction is to that. You know, well, the bill outright bans the use of zip codes. Right. Um, and most insurance companies do use zip codes right now to set your auto insurance rate. AAA of Michigan is the only one I know of that actually does use census tracts. And I, I wrote about this extensively uh, back in, uh, in the fall of 2017 when I was kind of ramping up in coverage of this. Um, at, the, at the intersection of Mack and Moross, at the, at the border of Detroit and Gross Point, there are, for, for AAA alone, there are six different insurance rates within about a 10-block radius uh, because you have uh, Detroit on the uh, – uh, my directions are going to be wrong here. Uh, it, 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 gets, it gets tricky on the east side. It gets turned around, You get uh, uh, Detroit on the west side of the road, mm-hmm. um, southwest-ish side of the road uh, on one corner. You have Gross Point Woods – on the other side, and you have Gross Point Farms on the east side of, of Mac, and and then within Gross Point Farms, there was two different rates on different sides of Moross, and then on Gross Point Woods, they had a different rate, and then a few just about five blocks um, north and west um, ish, um, you you run into a little piece of Harper Woods. Mm. And then, and then you get a little further west, and and into Chandler Park and such, and you've got um, you've got a little different census tract for Detroit. Mm-hmm. So you had these different rates, um, and you had um, a swing just on base rates for personal injury protection. You had a swing a thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, in the base rate from one side of Mac to the other, um, so they're really trying to go after this this um, this uh, practice. But 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 the legislation legislation seems to have a pretty big loophole that you can have you can still have. T- Territorial rating. Um, now we used to have a system in the state back in the in the late seventies, early eighties, and it, this got thrown out in some court cases where where you had like basically seven or nine some odd territories in the entire state. So it makes sense that if you have a higher density population in some area and you have more accidents, uh, you're going to have more claims. 
and that the people in those areas that live in those areas probably ought to pay more than if you'd live up in Alpena, um, mm-hmm. where there's less less accidents and fewer claims. And so they, they split the state up into kind of territories like that. But now you can sort of envision the, the, the possibility that two zip codes will be just will just be, I, um, for lack of a better word, gerrymandered um, uh, to, to to redline um, right. a, a driver and 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 say and basically say we're going to charge you higher rates than the others and that's that's going to be a real test of this law and if, if I mean if there was a lot of critics of the law a lot of people think that the insurance companies even though they have to implement mandatory um, uh, cost reductions in premiums that the, the insurance companies probably came out on the on the top mm. end of this bill although the onus it seems like is now on state regulators to make sure that it's it's not a discriminatory, sorry, discriminatory way of setting these rates, right? Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to. They're going to have to police this, and and there's there is some new teeth there because forever, basically, Diff said, well, we don't have any regul, we don't have any authority to stop this, mm. uh, and now and and so you had this case where and I wrote about this. You can go online and you can shop for insurance, and if you are someone who just has a has a um, high school uh, degree, or maybe you don't even have a high school diploma. Um, you can plug in like yeah, you have a law degree, and you'll get cheaper insurance rates. Wow. Um, and you can plug, and and I know several single women who who have been divorced, and when they got divorced, um, or the husband or or spouse left the left the house, um, they uh, their insurance rates went up. I mean, there is a discount. For married couples, um, and and there is a disincentive to be not married uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to auto insurance in Michigan, and 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 specifically for for the woman, not necessarily for the man. So, um, there some all those practices are going to get wiped away in this law. Yeah. All right. Coming up, we are going to continue this conversation about Michigan's new auto uh, auto insurance law with Chad Livengood, a reporter with Crane's Detroit Business, and we're going to take your calls. Scott in Westland, Maya on the West Side. Bill in Pinckney, Bernadette in Redford, Harold in Selfield. All, please stay on the line. You're up next here on Detroit Today. And if you want to join the conversation, the number, as always, 313-577-1019. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We're talking about Michigan's new auto insurance law, a massive bill that was signed into law last week by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. We're talking about the impact of that law, what it means for you, and we are taking your questions about what this means and what it means for you, your pocketbook, what it means for you if you are involved in an accident here in Michigan, which is a big issue that we will get to in a little bit here. But we want to get people involved here on the phones. Uh, First, I should mention we are speaking with Chad Livengood, a reporter with Crane's Detroit Business, who's been covering this issue front and back. And um, we want, again, we want to hear from you. If you want to get involved in the conversation, the number is 313-577-1019. We're going to start now with Maya on the west side of Detroit. Maya, welcome to Detroit Today. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Maya. What would you like to say? Okay. Um, So I'm hearing a lot of um, the percentages, percentages, 250% higher or whatever. But we're not hearing actual amounts that we're paying. Um, for me, it's been uh, $600 a month wow. for car insurance. And 10% from that, what is that? What, $60? What? I mean, mm. 
you know, like it's crazy. Who can afford this? It's insane. I feel like it's, this is built to um, dissuade people from, you know, driving legally yeah, because but... it's difficult. A lot of people do drive, you know, people say dirty, but it's, it's impossible sometimes to pay more than your rent. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. Compared to your other bills, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, where does this sort of rank in, in your, your, your you know, monthly financial allocations here? Uh, well, the mortgage is not that much. That's maybe 200 some dollars for mortgage, and then um, the car is paid for. But it's more than everything. It is wow. more than everything. And it couldn't be, I don't, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I hear you asking questions and saying, okay, so what is this? What is that? And we we get a straight answer, but there's a lot of like bumbling and stuttering. And, you know, I feel like if you can't answer me in a plain way so that I can understand something's not right. Yeah, um, uh, thank you so much for that, Maya. I really appreciate that perspective here. Chad, uh, respond to what Maya's saying there. Yeah, Maya, one of the things that this law really seeks to do, this new law, is to is to, is to to get more people back in the insurance system. So the, the Secretary of State's office has records of some 1.2, or se, excuse me, 7.2 million motorists statewide. And then the insurance industry records on an annual basis about 6 million insurance plans um, on every year. So there is somewhere in the neighborhood of 16% statewide, and we know in Detroit it's probably closer to 50% uh, across the city of people who are driving dirty, who do not have uh, insurance continuously throughout the year. They, they, they've maybe bought a seven-day plan, which they've, the state has since outlawed. Um, they've also, maybe they just buy a plan uh, put the put the first month's uh, uh, cost down payment down, and then they cancel it as soon as they get their tags. Uh, there's nothing that legally sort of prevents that uh, in our system. And so w- one of the goals here is that uh, we, we just got to get more people buying insurance so that the pool of money uh, for those, the rest of us who are actually buying it, um, that, that will, in theory, drive down some of the costs. Uh, if you have more people contributing to the system, you'll have, uh, you'll have uh, you know, more dollars in there. Because we're, we're all paying for uh, uninsured drivers in one way or another. I mean, specifically on an annual basis, there's the, uh, north of $280 million in claims made in auto insurance accidents for, for, uh, for passengers in cars that have no insurance, uh, something called, uh, something called assigned claims. Uh, and that, that, that cost gets built right back into that $600 a month that you pay. And so that's gotta be one, kind of one of the goals here. And, and then at the same time, um, if you start lowering these medical costs, um, that's what the fee schedule is kind of uh, are meant to do these these new cr- price controls that are being imposed on the on the medical providers that in theory will will take costs out of the system and then you know in theory and we'll see if it works out uh, the auto insurance companies will lower their rates. Yeah, thanks again, Maya. I really appreciate that comment and that perspective. Chad, on that issue of the fee schedule there, you wrote a piece this week about what this will mean for hospitals and healthcare providers, including Beaumont Hospital, which says it stands to lose, quote, multiple tens of millions of dollars under this plan. Uh, you know, is this what, what does that mean for the way this is going to work? Well, Beaumont, uh, their chief operating officer says that they will probably have to either downgrade or maybe even close a couple of their emergency room trauma centers. Um, so they have trauma one, trauma two, 
um, three and four uh, designations, and so they may have to downgrade um, so some of those. You know, they have eight hospitals here in Metro Detroit now, um, and so they they say that this is going to be a big hit, uh, and that they don't want they they won't reduce patient care, but they will probably reduce the amount of uh, facilities that that they have. Mm-hmm to handle um, uh, traumatic uh, um, uh, car accident victims and such. so And that affects other types of, of trauma, too. I mean, mm-hmm. if you downgrade uh, a trauma center that can handle all kinds of accidents, someone who falls off the ladder or has a heart attack or something else may not be able to go to that hospital anymore. I mean, and so uh, now some people out there that say these are just sort of hollowed threats and um, uh, Tom Shields, a Republican political consultant in Lansing, uh, kind of uh, commented on my story on Twitter. He said, "Boy, at 240 percent Medicare rate, if that's what you know Beaumont's <laughs> going to get, and they say they're going to lose tens of millions of dollars, they were actually ripping us off more than we thought." Right. Um, and so uh, we're, we're going to have to sort of see how this this shakes out. There are there are lots of of, of these rehab centers, though brain injury rehab centers, that are saying they're going to close. Mm. Uh, that essentially they'll. The, these these fee schedules amount to about fifty five percent of what they get paid now, and that their margins aren't that high to be able to absorb that kind of a cut. Sure. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Bill in Pinckney, you're on Detroit today. Hello. Hi, Bill. What would you like to say? Yep. Um, I I wish I would have been more prepared for this. I'm driving down the road and and heard you were on, and I got on. Thanks for <laughs> taking my call. Uh, about. Nine years ago, ten years ago, my wife has a, suffered a close injury from a close head injury from an auto accident, and she's been on uh, multiple uh, types of care ever since. She was hospitalized for 15 months after a stroke that she had because of the auto accident. But um, we have been, um, you know, in the no fault insurance uh, game ever since and we've had two suits against our insurance company because of uh, things they weren't paying and they should have paid um, they basically what they do is they string you along for it took us 18 months to settle one time I got my eighteen thousand dollars and had to pay my lawyer 25 and I won um, this is a practice that the insurance company has. They have retainered lawyers, and they just string you along in these auto cases, and they're exempt from paying court costs by legislative actions, just like they're exempt from showing their books in the MCCA. Um, we're presently in another suit right now because of things that they didn't ant- give me answers within a year, and after a year, they're exempt from paying anything, and it's another little game that they play. Um, this legislation that just took place, I'm happy to see the, uh, you know, perhaps they're going to drop the uh, exorbitant rates for people like Maya just because they happen to be black or retired or a student or single or whatever. It's like going to McDonald's and paying $14 for a cheeseburger because of where you live. Mm, yeah. So it's, I mean, this <clears throat> is, this is basic civil rights and I don't know why it has to be fodder to bring the Democrats in to 
pass legislation. I mean, this, this Bill, should have been uh, yeah, addressed long ago. Bill, I really appreciate but, uh, this call and, and that perspective. Well, Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I, you know, Chad, uh, and the issue of, of what happened with Bill's wife and the 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 their story, what they've had to go through. Uh, this this is something that we need to talk about, which is what this means for accident victims here in Michigan. I mean, uh, whenever this issue came up in the past at the state capitol the committee rooms would be packed with people in wheelchairs yeah. uh, and they were saying that the system as it was at that time essentially saved them from bankruptcy or worse uh, that you know uh, that essentially without the unlimited coverage that they were forced to pay they didn't have that choice they were able to avoid bankruptcy or um, you know uh, falling into serious debt um, where does this new system leave people who've been catastrophically injured in auto accidents yeah well this is going to be one of the big huge things I think will be litigated over the next uh, year or more this bill the new law contains a retroactive fee schedule so for for Bill's wife she was getting certain types of therapies over over time um, the, the the medical providers that she went to will now have new uh, fee schedules applied to her care going forward, and I think there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a lawsuit at some point that says uh, to the extent um, this is uh, equal protection issue. We bought a we bought a product. We bought a con- we had a contract with the insurance company. They were gonna they we were told we were gonna get uh, uh, unlimited lifetime health care. Um, and not and not restricted. And now you're changing the rules of, of the game. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, a, you know, a month or two after an accident, or maybe years, or maybe even decades, actually, because some of these folks that are in the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Fund, there's eighteen thousand people who rely on. Uh, their care. Some of them might be in their 60s and had an auto accident in the eight, 1980s. Mm. So 30 years ago or more, um, and so they've they've and or they were injured at, at as teenagers, and they're going to live. They may have you know be able to live in their 60s or 70s or 80s. So they they're going to rely on this for another 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. The fund itself does not go away. There is an open question though about. Um, uh, how the money gets spent down, um, because the the MCCA will have a, a, a fee schedule that will lower its cost and lower its liability, and presumably um, uh, won't need all the money it has. It has mm-hmm. about twenty four billion dollars in the bank. Now they've forever said, based on the current sort of unlimited system, they would need like seventy billion dollars uh, mm. to 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 take care of these folks uh, for for the rest of their of their lives. And, and an issue there is the is transparency is that we don't really we're not really able to find out uh, what that money is, how it's being collected, how it's spent. That sort well, of well, you can you can see all of the MCCA's books. Uh, mm. They have an annual audit and a couple hundred pages. You can uh, you can read their just normal financial statements. That's mm. all online on the MCCA's website. Uh, there's past uh, state audits that are available as well. You can also dig into, you know, and find out what kind of uh, uh, real estate they've invested in mm. the Virgin Islands and, and <laughs> stocks they've, they've purchased. Because basically it operates as a pension fund. Sure. Uh, it, it essentially is a, be- a defined benefit uh, that they, they have to uh, meet certain investment goals in order to, and then they, they collect this $220 fee from every driver, which that goes up. Or it goes up to 220 uh, from 195 or so on um, on July 1st. So we'll have one more year of this full payment, and then 
Um, presumably, the, if you people opt out, uh, they will no longer pay the fee. Mm-hmm. If they opt out completely, if they uh, uh, if they stay in unlimited insurance, they will have to pay the fee, but the fee will be reduced. And they're saying that it'll be reduced basically to to what is the still unfunded liability of the MCCA, which is about $40 of that uh, 220 Sure. Uh, this is Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. We're speaking with Chad Live and Good, a reporter with Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about the new auto insurance law here in Michigan. And let's go back to the phone. Samuel in Detroit. You're on Detroit Today. Hello. Thanks for having me on the air. I work in the uh, insurance industry. Uh, I'm not an agent, but all of the agents that I know talk about the rates in Detroit, they say that it's driven up by insurance fraud. You know, there's a lot of staged um, car theft, staged accidents. When people are in staged accidents, they're faking back injuries and knee injuries and things that are hard to prove. And I don't think anybody's talking about that. Mm. Yeah, Chad. Uh, first, first of all, Samuel, thank you for in- injecting that in the conversation. This is something that it, you know when we were sitting in the legislature for the last few years has come up a lot. You know, why didn't Michigan have a stronger fraud authority, or why didn't we have a fraud authority a few years back at all? Uh, this this uh, legislation seeks to address that issue. Yeah, and it does keep um, the investigatory powers within the attorney general, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of a relatively new um, development that that Attorney General Dana Nessel has built a small office out of, and uh, because for uh, as we said before, the Department of Insurance and Financial Services really did not have this sort of regulatory power. I mean, DIFs, as it's known, basically have more power to go after insurance agents. Uh, for for selling um, you know scam plans and seven day insurance plans than they did to go after uh, uh, medical providers uh, that uh, were were ripping off uh, uh, insurance companies with with stage accidents and such and and uh, an overutilization. I mean, you just had these uh, you know these stories and they're and they're we're not really we don't even have a real extent of how prevalent it is. But, you know, there's plenty of, of, of anecdotal stories out there of basically personal injury attorneys finding car accident victims and then running them to one um, doctor, pain med, surgeon, chiropractor, um, uh, pharmacy after another mm-hmm. in, a tra- in a medical transport vehicle that costs a lot of money. You see these, car- these vans run up and down the lodge mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and 696, and, and you see these clinics all, kind of all around the, those, those particular corridors. Um, that's all been built up around this system because uh, there's been no limits to how much uh, uh, benefit people can get uh, in coverage, and there's been no, no limit in how much these insurance or these uh, medical providers can try to charge the insurance companies. I interviewed a, an insurance industry um, uh, attorney uh, a couple about three or four weeks ago, and all this guy does is go after these cases, hmm. and and they just litigate. Um, when they when they, when they see what they think is they suspect is fraud, uh, they just they just you know hunker down and yeah it may like as Bill said earlier, it may end up costing more in, in attorney fees than is saved, but they're basically uh, it's basically just a defense mechanism that's mm-hmm. sort of built into the system with these also that entangles these. Uh, uh, independent medical examiners, which is a wholly unregulated system of doctors that work for insurance companies that, you know, their their job is to deny claims. Mm. Chad Livengood, reporter with Crane's Detroit Business. Thank you so much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me.
Okay, coming up, we'll hear my interviews with State House Speaker Lee Chatfield and House Democratic Leader Christine Gregg. 